Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn, and we've got a great show for you today. In this half hour of the show, something very interesting. We'll be interviewing Ms. Farhat Kazi, the organizer, originator, and proponent of Children of Abraham Day, which in Michigan this year is December 2nd. We opened up, by the way, I never really rarely talk about the openers, but we opened up with an old uh, edition of Yerushalayim from the Maya, from the Shiva Boys Choir. The reason why I did that did that is because somehow, some way, over the last two months, they have become a TikTok sensation. It's like mind baffle. I'm I'm just boggled. I just don't know what it is. But they've become a cult hero. Yes. So let's hear it for NBC. Okay. Uh, in the second half of the hour, we'll be talking about the portion of Ayer, which can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 16 and followed. And we will be talking about, we have a wonderful story, although at the end, music scattered throughout. But before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. <laughs> The Iron Dome system intercepted a rocket fired from Gaza into southern Israel. No one was hurt. One Israeli was killed and several wounded in a shootout in Hebron. The attacker was killed by civilian security. Two men were moderately injured in a hit-and-run attacks in central Israel. Security forces killed the attacker as he tried to run them down. A family was attacked by a group of masked Arabs on their return from a memorial service on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. One man was seriously wounded as an Arab tried to run him over in near Modi'in. The attacker tried to stab the victim but was shot and killed by IDF forces. A 14-year-old girl remains in stable but serious condition after being shot in the head outside of Hebron. And finally, for this section of the news, three security officers were wounded in a stabbing attack on the Temple Mount. The attacker was shot and killed. In other news, bomb threats were called into Jewish organizations in six states in America on Tuesday afternoon, including the JCC in West Bloomfield. No bombs were found. 
The FBI is looking for connections between the calls. The FBI has also issued warnings to synagogues in New Jersey to be high alert because of credible information they have of attacks. This is to be until after Election Day. I really can't wait till Election Day is over. Just like calm down the, the rhetoric, please. In other other news, Azerbaijan, how many people can spell that unless know where that is? You know where Azerbaijan is? No, shaking your head. Okay. At the end of the story, you will. Azerbaijan is establishing an embassy in Israel, most likely in Tel Aviv. Azerbaijan borders Iran to the north, a common threat to both countries. Los Angeles, that's finally... Los Angeles and also the Canadian provinces of Manitoba and New Brunswick adopted the International Holocaust Remembrance Association definition of anti-Semitism. Yay. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We are on live with Ms. Farhat Kazi, who is the original pr- proponent and uh, powerhouse behind the upcoming Children of Abraham Day, which this year in Michigan will be on December 2nd. And that's what we're going to be talking about. How are you today, Farhat? May I call you Farhat? Uh, yes. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so how are you, first of all? Uh, I'm good. And what about yourself? Thank you. I'm, thank God I'm doing very well. Okay. So before we get into Children of Abraham Day, let's hear about uh, Farhat Kazi. How do you come to this idea of a uh, Children of Abraham Day? And uh, what were you doing before that? Uh, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a small effort to bring unity among uh, Abrahamic faiths and uh, just to have our uh, commonality to celebrate. Uh Okay, so I see that um, this year is not the first year. You actually thought about this pre-pandemic. So what was it that put the impetus into your mind that there should be something called the Children of Abraham Day Farad? Um, like I said, like, okay, um, all, all three faiths, uh, we, we have a lot in common than our differences. And I came up with that. So at least, you know, this is one day we all agree on and we can celebrate together to, to, to uh, unite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you were raised in Pakistan, and 
I don't know too much about the Christian community in Pakistan, and I know even less about even I'm Jewish. I've never heard of a Jewish person saying I'm originally born in Pakistan. So, so I'm assuming then you were raised in a pretty much homogeneous, homogeneous environment, which was predominantly Muslim. Did that not instill within you some sort of an ethnocentricity towards Islam? No, I, I mean, um, even in Islam, we, um, uh, from Islamic tradition and Islamic uh, uh, Muslim religion, uh, we believe in uh, uh, Prophet Moses and uh, Jesus. And uh, it's, it's not about, like, uh, where you were born and raised. It's about your understanding of, uh, of these uh, religions. Okay. So, now, before we talk about the... the uh the the development how it's come about so you you started about you thought about this the idea in in 2020 how has it been received in your own community for example yeah they uh, uh they are very supportive uh, uh muslim community as well and uh, uh i have to be honest like whoever i have talked uh uh, whether friends or community in uh, Jewish uh, people, they they seems uh, they seems very supportive as well. Uh, I did not go anything further yet because of pandemic as well. And uh, plus, you know, whenever you um, start, uh, it takes time. And but it's a positive uh, step towards unity, and I'm very hopeful. I'm I'm sure it's it's interesting you say it's a, it's a step. I'm reminded that about 20 years ago, I was invited to Henry Ford College on Martin Luther King Day to speak on a panel of the similarities of the Abrahamic religions. And there was a bishop, a a, uh, mufti, and uh, myself. And Mm -hmm. it was moderated by a, a professor at the college. So we were talking about what are the common things about, and we can, you and I are going to talk about the commonalities because a lot of people are not aware exactly how common yeah. the three religions are. So I'm going to bro- stress those commonalities. But we yeah. were told beforehand by the moderator that there's supposed to be no politics, which is not political. Mm-hmm. We're trying to stress the, the uh, points of commonality. This is Martin Luther King Day. It's like hold hands and, and let's be all be friends. So in the yeah. middle of the the uh in the middle of the debate so the uh-huh. uh, the the imam he's not a mufti he was an imam excuse me so the imam started talking about the palestinian conflict and really got the henry ford college so the majority of the students that were in attendance were were muslim and it really got the audience fired up um, for the palestinian <laughs> cause and i objected to the moderator that this was supposed to be non-political, and he just said, "Well, could you answer the question, Rabbi?" And uh, we, he and I, went into great debate, and it turned out that he was very much anti-Israel and was actually saying anti-Semitic rhetoric. And I asked for an escort off the campus because I didn't think that I was going to be safe anymore. So you are fighting an uphill battle, even within your own community, and there is this perception of that's why i asked you about uh islamic uh um, egocentrism because everybody thinks they're the best because if you didn't think you were the best you wouldn't be that you'd be the one that you did think was the best so mm-hmm. tell us about this uphill battle that you uphill one step at a time it's been two years already and 
and what are you doing to to promulgate this idea that there is more commonality than there is differences, Farhad? Yes, and uh, I'm sure people like you can uh, can help, uh, especially on your platforms, to to promote that. Uh, that that is, you know, up to people like you and I and people like us. Uh, around communities who can uh, promote this idea to to celebrate our commonality, like we believe in one God, uh, we all have prophets, and we all go back to 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 Abraham, who was the father of all these three religions. So obviously there are differences. I'm not denying that, but we can keep those on the side. We don't have to, you know, really promote our differences. We can promote our commonality and where we unite. And Abraham Day is one of those days. So at least we can celebrate at least one day in a year where we everybody agrees. Okay, good. So let's talk about the commonalities of, other than the fact that there was a person by the name of Abraham who was looked upon as being the father of, of Isaac and the father of Ishmael, and there you have uh, the uh, Jewish religion and the Islam religion, and then Christianity, Jesus was Jewish, so they have a third thing coming off of there. So aside from going back to a central person, could you discuss then, or, or enlighten us, as to common core beliefs between the three religions? Uh, the, the main one is we believe in one God and the same God, and we all believe in the Day of the Judgment. And we all believe in prophecy, and we all believe in the uh, the text uh, uh, from God, the message receiving from God to these prophets, and obviously all these uh, uh, other things, which which are more uh, not just these three religions, but uh, it is uh, you know in societies, okay, no stealing, no lying, all other these things are not just from these three religions, but everybody believes in that. But these are the main, main thing, and uh, plus, you know, the, the, that connection, uh, the, the, the monotheistic religion. Mm-hmm. Monotheism, correct, good. Um, does Islam have like a resurrection like Christianity and Judaism does? Are people going to come back at some point? I just don't know. Yeah, after the Day of Judgment, yes. Everybody comes back. So that's another point of commonality yeah. is do you believe in a... Uh, uh, somebody, a messianic type person, and then everybody comes back, and then there was world peace, and everybody lives happily ever after. So there is a lot what to work for. So in in Judaism, and uh, the idea, the way that we work towards the messianic era is by improving the world and making the world a better place. That comes through yeah. by being a good person. It, and for Jews, it means adhering to the 613 commandments and encouraging non-Jews to adhere to their seven commandments. So it's the idea of prom- being good and promoting good. So is that yes. is that true also in Islam as well? Yes, yes. So there are five pillars in Islam as well, how the Ten Commandments in, uh, in Judaism. And there, you know, obviously there will be maybe different wording or different interpretation, but the basic idea is the same. Okay, so now it's you, you've had the day of the children of Abraham, children of Abraham Day. It's uh, 2020 kind of started off probably very slow. It's like right before the pandemic, and then 2021 was like in the middle of the pandemic. Now we're at, we're post pandemic. 
what are we supposed to be doing? In Judaism, anytime we have any type of celebration that revolves around food, there's a food for any holiday. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a food. On Passover, we have matzah, and we have a seder. On Purim, we have amandashin. On Hanukkah, we have latkes yeah. and jelly donuts. Every, everything's got food. So what am, yeah. I, what am I supposed to make on December 2nd to celebrate? <laughs> uh, just, just, just the bread and the hummus. You know the original, you know tradition. Okay, that was that was the only thing around back then. Okay, just the bread. Whether it can be Jewish bread, it can be Arabic bread, any kind of bread. You know, uh, so uh, hummus or maybe you know some leaves. <laughs> I can't leave salad. So that's all. Nothing, that sounds, nothing big. That, okay, that is pretty much ubiquitous and universal. There was, I reported on my news about three weeks ago, that there was an international hummus contest in Brazil, and it was uh-huh. represented by Jews, Christians, and Muslims presenting their mm-hmm. versions of hummus. So everybody eats hummus. That seems, you know, my... Yes, that's yes. what I'm saying. Bread and hummus is the basic thing everybody <laughs> eats, and that's how the tradition started. So we should keep that as a tradition. <laughs> you should you should contact the Sabra people and have them uh, be your sponsor on this, because they'll, they'll definitely want to do that. That's really? The, Maybe you can uh, you know, connect any, me with them? I have no <laughs> connection with them. It's just the same, it's the same phone call as you do, but you're more in line because you've got a governor's, uh, a governor's declaration about it. Speaking, speaking of which, so what does it mean to have the governor of the state of Michigan and the senator of the state of Michigan backing Yeah, they, they were very supportive as well. Uh, governor, um, she approved the proclamation I proposed, and uh, uh, Senator Debbie Stebna, um, she, she, she gave me the congressional record. So, but, uh, you know, it, it's just a positive step. Like, whoever can support this positive step, that's all I'm looking for. And hopefully, like I said in my other interviews as well, like hopefully one day we can celebrate this day as a Mother's Day. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope That's be, the hope. I, I hope it'd be more than a Mother's Day in, in that. Yes. In that uh, Meaning that, like, okay, how everybody celebrates, you know, like uh, it's, it's a common holiday it became. So, you know, we can hopefully we can uh, celebrate this day as big. Okay, understood. So, okay, so now you've had, you've been working on this for like two years. Um, are there it's any... It's more than that, actually, but yes, okay. the the proclamation and other things has been approved for, for, these, okay. uh, for this are time, there... but uh, I started long ago. <laughs> okay, are there any official ceremonies or activities that have been planned for December 2nd around the state that people could participate in? Uh, I haven't uh, did that yet. I'm still in a process to do at least something. I celebrated this, uh, but that was during COVID time uh, uh, with some school I did. And uh, that's the the kind of uh, support I'm looking for. So, uh, you know, uh, even we have to start with uh, with communities, with schools, or wherever we can. It's it's still in the initial uh, stages. Okay, very good. Um, has the idea been picked up by other states at all? Has it gone beyond Michigan yet? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. You know, three three years has been passed, you know, you know, because of COVID, nothing was happening and schools were closed. So uh, hopefully I'm trying. Indeed, indeed. Okay. So now, so this coming December 2nd, 
what do you want the listeners of the Jewish Hour to do? Yes, please celebrate in your own communities, your own synagogues, your uh, your own schools. And if anybody wants to invite me, I'll be very happy to be there to celebrate with you. Okay, very good. That's going to wrap it up. Our guest today has been Farhat Kazi. She is a proponent, the major force, the mover and shaker behind Children of Abraham Day. Is there a Children of Abraham Day website, Facebook page, something where people can go get more yes, information? Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a Children of Abraham Day. How, what would be, you have a website? Yes. So it's www.childrenofabrahamday.com. Yes. yes. Okay, wonderful. So we're going to wish you continued success, and, uh, and it might just happen that uh, the postman's going to get another day off one day sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, want, you so much. I want to thank you so much yeah. for coming on, Farah. And keep, please keep us apprised of uh, future developments. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. We're going to take Bye-bye. a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour for your listening pleasure. This is brand new, like brand, brand new. This is Barry Weber. He's been on the show before. The song is called Abyssal, which means just a little bit, which is just really how much more we need to do. It's just a little bit more. Yeah. 
We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This song, uh, had it come out last week, I would have played it last week, but it didn't come out last week, but it's about last week's portion. It's about Lech Lecha which the idea of Lech Lecha is Abraham was told to go. And he was told that when you go, I'm going to publicize your name. I'm going to make you a great person. You'll be have so much things bigger. And the expression is, Maisa Avi Simen Labanim. What happened to the patriarchs is an indication happens to us. And so wherever we go, we also have to do good things. Don't think that you wind up someplace by accident. Everybody's where they are by divine providence. And if there's something there that you can do good, take it from the patriarch Abraham and go do something good. Let's listen to L11. Come and 
Some things are better the way they used to be, like the crisp feel of a cool autumn day, the serenity of a baby sleeping, or the feeling of coming home after a long trip. Franklin Cider Mills makes cider the way cider is supposed to be. Its old-fashioned, clear, crisp taste reminds you of a cool autumn day. Located in the heart of historic Franklin Village at 14 Mile and Franklin Road, Franklin Cider Mill has been making cider the same way for over a century. Always fresh, with no additives or preservatives. You just can't buy Franklin Cider in any supermarket. Franklin Cider Mill is open from Labor Day weekend to after Thanksgiving from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come visit Franklin Cider Mill. It's kind of like coming home. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. just got a couple of weeks on Franklin's Cider. If you haven't had Franklin's Cider, you've just been drinking apple juice. Let me just tell you, Franklin's Cider is cider. Everything else, just juice. Get yourself over there, 14 and Franklin. Definitely worth the trip, and it's definitely worth the extra couple of bucks, which is just, it is a couple of bucks more. But it's, it's amazing stuff. What next for We got time for one more song. This is Doron Aron and Chaim Yisrael. They're an Israeli duo. The song is called Ze Yom Gadol. It means today's a big day, so let's make this a big day.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Tobin here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. Portion of that is read in the synagogue. This week is the portion of Vayera. It is found in the book of... Genesis chapter 16 and following. In this chapter are the last three of Abraham's 10 tests. And somebody pointed out to me this week, which I'm trying to find a correlation, if anybody out there in Radioland has heard this question before and has heard an answer, please drop me a line at rabbifenman.com that there are seven tests in the portion of Lechlecha, and there are three tests in the portion of Vayera. There are seven plagues in the portion of Vayera, and there's three plagues in the portion of Bo. And if there's a correlation 7373, it's by no mere accident. So um, it, uh, if you got an answer, let me know. I don't I don't. I don't profess to know everything. Never did. Never will. But that's, I'm shooting it out there to our, our listening audience. So at the end of the portion is the famous story of the binding of Isaac, the Akeda as it's called. And it involves, let, let's just talk about how this scenario would go down. Okay. Abraham gets a message from God. I want you to kill your son. If there are people sitting in jail for this. So it's like, huh? <laughs> what 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 gives? So, but back then, you know, human sacrifices, they did that. They had the Amorites. They were really big on that. So um, it wasn't, we cannot, and we nor can we uh, ever put 21st century mores onto biblical stories because, Believe it or not, they had different mores back then. People were doing different things, and what was considered normal back then is not considered normal now, and vice versa. So, but Abraham is put to this test specifically. And why is specifically this test? At the end of the test, when God says, no, no, I'm, I was just joking. It's not, the translation is my own. God says, okay, now I see that you're God-fearing, which the word God-fearing is the gold standard for religiosity. In Hebrew, there is no word for religious because you're, there's, no, there's no place for being not religious in Judaism. There's, people could decide they're not going to be, but that's not what Judaism suggests. Judaism suggests that a person adhere to the tenets of their religion. Duh. 
But the word which is used, the colloquialism, is Yerushalayim, God-fearing. Abraham was referred to earlier as Ehavai, my beloved, my lover. That's what God called him. So we know that Abraham for sure loved God. So isn't loving God enough? Abraham willingly gave up his freedom of choice to do whatever God wants. I love you, God, so much that whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I'll get thrown in a furnace. I'll walk out. I'll pick myself up and I'll move 600 miles to the west. I'll find a drought there. I'll go down to Egypt. My wife will get abducted. We'll get out of that. My my nephew and I will have a fight. He'll get abducted. I'll have to go fight the, the kings. Whatever, whatever, God, whatever it is, you got it. That's true if it involves a person, their own, their own self, their own well-being. But once a person has a kid, the whole thing changes. There is nothing more life-changing than children. Okay, it's like I tell people when their kids are starting to just like, starting to, they're crawling and just starting to walk off. And I said, your house, especially if they're living in an apartment, your apartment's going to get really small really quick. Okay, and as I could tell my wife the day after my fir- our first child was born, up until now we were related by marriage. Now we're related by birth. It says competition exists among people. You're playing a game, for example, and you're playing against an opponent, and you lose. You'll feel very bad. You win. You feel yes, I won. If you're playing your kid. And you're not letting your kid win, but your kid, your child, beats you at a game. You feel actually a sense of accomplishment. My my kids have beaten me. And there's actually stories in the Talmud where the the quote-unquote, I'm not going to go into it right now, if you want to contact me, I I could send you off to where these stories are where the Almighty was very happy that the Jewish people beat God, you might say. And it's, there's no sense of competition between a father and a child. And on the contrary, if it's my life or my kid's life, no, 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 I'm, my kids go for it. My kids are precedent. I'm, you know, nothing what to talk about. So here now, Abraham was told by the Almighty that he has to squash human emotion and understand the demands of the cause. So I'm not saying don't try this at home, folks. Don't bind your kids down to altars in your backyards. No, don't do that. You're going to be looking at some serious time inside. But... What does the Almighty demand of us? The Almighty demands that even though there is a human nature, we have a mission in life. Our mission in life is to make the world a better place. One of those ways of making the world a better place, a major part of making the world a better place, is to have children and to teach them how to make the world a better place. That's that's great. But there's going to be things that are going to be counterintuitive. 
And Abraham, what happened? God said, you passed. When did God pass? I know that you love God. You were born loving God. That was the nature of Abraham. There's an opinion that at three years old, God recognized that there has to be a mon- there has to be monotheism. There has to be one God, a creator of the world. And he went on his whole campaign to promoting monotheism at three. That's one opinion. So we know that he loves, loves Hashem. We know that. What would be if it was just love? What's wrong with not having... I love God, fear God. No, I don't fear God because I love God so much. What it is is if there's no fear, I can get away with anything. That's what just loving God does. There has to be that balance. Abraham engaging in the passing of this test is told you have to be a balanced person. There's the things that you like to do. And the things that you have to do. I remember as a uh, a child watching some sort of a play on television. And there was a line where a father's talking to his kid. His kid's like 13 years old. I think it might have been around 13 years old at the time. And at 13, I was actually wondering, because they're coming to my bar mitzvah, and the bar mitzvah speeches today, I'm a man. And like uh, the bar mitzvah card one of my, my son got, is today you're a man and tomorrow you get to go back to being a little kid again because 13 years old is not a man. 13 years old is a 13-year-old. He's a kid. So I entered into my, I've always had this one, at what point do I become a man? I was wondering. So this line from this movie was, a boy does what he wants to, a man does what he has to. That's, that's the difference. There are times that it's not the most convenient, most comfortable, but it has to be done, provided, of course, it's in the guise of keeping the law, etc. Abraham achieved that. And after that, the last 40 years of his life, no more tests. That's it. He was done. God said, okay, we're good to go. Is that ever going to happen to us? As long as there's a snooze button on my alarm clock, I'm always going to have the test of, do I get out of bed or do I hit the snooze and go back to sleep? And that's my big test for the day, hopefully my biggest test for the day. So what's demanded of us? What do we need to do? Be balanced. In other words, be normal. Speaking of being normal, we've got a story for you right now. Before we get to the story, of course, it is November already, and we have we were suggesting that you go take a look at RabbiFinman.com. That at RabbiFinman.com, you'll find ways to to, con- con- to contact me. you got a question, a query. I put a question out there. If you got to answer the question, please, you know, it makes my life easier. That way I don't have to go looking around. If someone else already did the work, why do I have to reinvent the wheel? If uh, you want to do something, you got a half a minute, want to check out maybe an old radio show, something I put up on the web and a short video, a short missive, something about the insights into Judaism, they're all on RabbiFinman.com. There's also some classes. Really, I put a lot of effort into the classes that are up there. It's the entire. It's an entire physical, uh, book on philosophy, 
which is divided into six years worth of classes. I sat and recorded the class, uploaded the class. It's not professional. There's a conversation between the two. There's people munching in the background because, like we mentioned before, anytime you get people getting together, you got to feed them or else they're not going to come. So uh, <laughs> if you want to participate on my, my my Monday night Tanya class at Jewish Ferndale, yes, we always do put out snacks. And we've just recently started, so we're at the beginning, towards the beginning of the book for the third time through. So that's that's you can check out jewishferndale.com as well if you're cruising around the web. There's also the very important donation donations page. It's November, and we need your help to get us through till the next month. And every month, it's been pretty much month to month for the last 28 years. We're going to be March. We're going to be 29 years on air. That's like a pretty amazing stretch of time. And it's only because people like you have been stepping up and making that small donation on a monthly basis, making the one-time donation a little bit bigger, whatever it is, it's all good. RabbiFinman.com, go check it out. Okay, story time. Everybody now, if I were to ask you this question um, 35 years ago, where's Chernobyl? Everybody in the United States would go, everybody in the United States would go, uh, but they have a nuclear reactor and the nuclear reactor melted down. And so now everybody knows about Chernobyl. It's in the Ukraine, right? And it's still, it's still an off-limits area and it's become this wildlife preserve because people are not allowed to go there because if, if a person goes there, they will get leukemia because it's still radioactive. But 200 years ago, Chernobyl was home of a Hasidic dynasty, the Chernobyl Rebbe's most famous Rebbe, Menachem, Nachum and his son, Reb Mottl. Okay, and those are the proponents of this story today. It happened that Reb Mottl, the son, took over for his father once his father died. And this Reb Mottl one day got sick, and he got sicker and sicker and sicker, and he developed a real high fever. It might have been something like typhoid or something like that. And he fell into a state of unconsciousness, and he was unconscious for four days, burning fever. And this is this is the central pillar of the entire community. So people were praying for him, and there's all kinds of extra things that were done in his merit that should happen. After four days, he woke up. Fever broke. He woke up. And shortly thereafter, he was up in his normal self. Now, it is customary in Judaism when someone goes through some sort of a life-threatening episode. They've a dangerous episode, like for example, being crossing the sea, or being in jail, or getting sick to that point where it's like sick, and they've recovered. Is they make a Thanksgiving meal. Okay, we didn't come up with this in when was Thanksgiving started, like 1912 or something like that. We're in this month over here. Jews have had this thing called a Thanksgiving since biblical times. There was a sacrifice in the, in the times of the Bible, in times of the Talmud, when there was a tel temple. So people would bring a sacrifice. It was called the Thanksgiving th sacrifice. And it, conclude, it included with it 40 loaves of bread, which what are you supposed to do with 40 loaves of bread? Have a party. 
And that's what this was. This was a time to have a party. And thank God, like Judaism, everything's around food, right? So this, so people had these Thanksgiving celebrations. So he, uh, Mottel Chernobler, about a month later organized, and since he's the pillar of the community, so it's just like the entire community is there. And they're having a great time. Everybody, they're singing and they're dancing and they're eating. And so one of the older, more venerable sages of the community, which is could only be somebody of such a stature, would have the uh, audacity to pose such a question after a few uh, l'chaims, as we say, imbibed some adult beverages, asked, so tell us, Rabbi, when you were unconscious, what did you see? So he became, the room got very quiet, and the Rebbe became very pensive. He just like, could see like the intensity. It was like you could cut it with a knife. And finally he started talking. He said, when I felt myself slipping into a coma, I felt my soul leaving my body. And I went before the heavenly tribunal. And I was pleading, it's not time. I don't, it's not my time yet. I'm too young. I've got so much to do. There's so many plans. This, obviously, this can't be my time. And I called for my father to come. And my father, Nachum, Menachem Nachum of Chernobyl, was no slouch. When you're talking heavy hitters, he was a heavy hitter. He said, I saw my father. And my father came to me and said, who are you? He said, I'm your son, Muttel. He said, yeah, I have a son, Muttel, but I don't recognize you. He says, I'm your son, and, he, and he's proved to him that he's showing me. He says, I, I believe you, but I don't recognize you. And he disappeared. And I'm arguing back and forth and back and forth. Finally, I call my father again. And I said, why is it that you don't recognize me? And my father said to me, maybe it was something that you did wrong in your lifetime, and that's why you're here. So he said, well, let's check. You know, up there, they got everything written down. So they checked through the books. Guy did nothing wrong. So I said, so what's the deal? So he said, maybe recently something, it's okay. It wasn't wrong, but maybe it wasn't the, the best thing. So he's sitting and thinking, and he said, well, there was a guy who came recently who had been rich, and he came to me for a loan of 1,000 rubles. 1,000 rubles is a lot of money back then. Um, families could live for a month on 30 rubles. So 1,000 rubles is a lot of money. So he told this person, he says, I, I, I don't have that kind of money. I'm very sorry. I apologize. And, but then I tried to comfort him. And I said, es ha, the, quoting the verse, which I believe it's in uh, Tillam, maybe it's in, in uh, Mishali in Psalms or, or Proverbs, Es Hashem Oyehev, those who he loves, Hashem reproves. So he said that the father said, that's it. He said, what did you mean by that? What I meant was that there's certain things happen and something bad happens. It's just an indication that Hashem really does love you. So the father was, he said, my father was shocked. He said, that's not how you interpret that verse. You interpret the verse that he who is beloved, Hashem Haichich, you have to reprove God. You have to say, God, what are you doing to this person? This guy's such a good guy. 
We all love him. What are you doing, God? You could do that to God. And then I, I said, oh, wow, that must be it. And I felt really bad about how I had not properly consoled this person who wanted this loan. And he said, that's when the fever broke. So there's there's ways and there's ways. That's going to do it this for this week's show. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care. It's a night of radiant smiles Whispering the start of something special A future as bright as the stars But the echoes of puzzle